my gosh, that was jazzy. <laughs> Episode four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I just tweaked my neck a little, trying to like oh dance my it out. God. Oh, that was bad. Sarah's wearing like a back brace today. For sure, I am. I'll I'll absolutely take a picture and post it. I'll take a Your picture calamitous for Susie right life now. continues. Yes. Really, like, I know. Everything goes wrong. Like, what the heck? And I had the best of intentions, too. I mean, I might as well just tell you why, because I'm probably going to yeah, complain about this like five more times during this episode. <laughs> if all of a sudden you hear me just go like, oh, ow, that's because like I got too into the story and I'm like a neck mover when I, t- when I get into things. <laughs> a neck mover. You know, like there's like mm-hmm. a lot of tone in my neck and I can't properly like tell my stories with a like messed up neck <laughs> You're immobilized i'm totally immobilized ah so anyways i uh, uh i messed myself up when uh i was well i'll tell the first part i was uh throwing ren a do-over christmas if you saw on my instagram because yeah. he the present i gave him was a ski pat like a a, a all-access pass you know, mm-hmm. to go skiing. And we couldn't go even one time because of COVID. So I was like, this yeah, poor guy. And he was so off. nice. He kept being like, well, it's the thought that counts. And like, was, I'm like <laughs> you're so nice, but no. And, you know, and I was just <laughs> no, like, it's not. it's not. And I was like going through so much <laughs> during that time too, where I like, I feel like I, I shorted him on like a really good stocking. And now like knowing him as well as I do, I know what he likes and what like he would like in a stocking. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a do over Christmas. And so I, and it's really hard when you're, uh, 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 sheltering in place to decorate for Christmas with yeah. somebody living there. So I had to like, tell him to like, go, you know, make like go out and, and get out there and, and do something for like six hours and you know, fill the time. And uh, I went to the storage unit and I got all the Christmas boxes. And of course, because I was so smart in how I organized the storage unit, I put yeah. everything in, in the order in which we would use them. Where yeah. would Christmas decorations go if I packed the storage unit in January? Well, yeah. at the very back, of course. So, you know, I, I, naturally in lifting all these boxes uh after being completely immobile for the last four (laughs) months doing no more physical exercise than uh like walking to the refrigerator uh (laughs) i tweaked my neck and i went to the chiropractor and they said i have a bulging disc which isn't that bad i mean mean, but that is a real bad case of the 30s is what you yeah like what the heck and the (laughs) don't even get me started on this chiropractor who was totally a dick and what? I told yes, I had one of those experiences like 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 he was questioning my like where I was injured. Why? For real. I went in there. Oh my god. See, there's like a million things I'm raging about. Get ready, guys. <laughs> Gonna be fun. Sarah's uh, in a mood. I'm in a mood. Oh, ah, my <laughs> neck. Uh so okay, so I I go in there and I'm like walking all funny and I'm like turning like like my head is like on a lamppost or something. And um like I take off my jacket and I sit down and like it's one of those places where you can buy packages to like they want you to to go like every week and they're like trying to sell you on packages and I had like three three uh visits left over but they're like mm-hmm. really want me to get another package I'm like no just like fix me up uh so He's like, okay, so what happened? And I'm like, oh, I threw my back out. Like, and I go to sit down. He's like, okay, so like, tell me, you know, what's wrong? And I go to point, and I'm like, it's like right here, in my neck, and like upper. And he's like, wait, I thought you said you threw your back out. And I was like, do we have a problem here? Like, he was quite. And I'm like, I'm sorry, upper back, lower. I I am not familiar with the zone and where everything is and what like the. It's my upper back, and he thought I meant lower. Who knows? But this the the tone that he was giving me was this like, oh, well, that's not what you said. Then he takes my blood pressure, and now he's got me in a whole mood and everything. Takes my blood pressure, and he tells me that my blood pressure is too high for him to do uh, any chiropractic work. And oh, so man. all he can do is like uh, a light touch point, like with this little machine, boop, boop, boop. I mean... It, I, it was like a tapping a pen on my shoulder and Ren could have done that. And it, yeah. co- and it, that they like cost me one of my visits and he didn't even, but the guy was giving me an attitude the whole time. And it was like, but then Suze, this was the worst part that I was like, Oh my God, I have to bring this up on the podcast. 
I felt really uncomfortable. So I called Ren back here and uh, back there when he was like giving me, like telling me what to do to take care of my neck. And, uh, you know, just to have like somebody else there with me. And then when Ren left, I felt like I needed to then make this guy feel comfortable. Cause like, I felt bad that I had, I don't know, like, it was one of those things like that women do where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, uh, uh, well, thanks. And then he's like, I hope everything like I, I, I hope we're OK here. And I hope, you know, like I don't know what he said, but trying to defend himself. And I found myself apologizing me like, oh, no, it's OK. Like we're like I wanted to leave making sure he liked me. Oh, no. You know, like it's like that doctor who like what was it wanted a hug from you or something like that yes and you like you end up doing it and it's like what the fuck and i left and i was like i should have never been nice and i even he was wearing like gold uh uh, converse and i was like i like your shoes and i was like i don't like your shoes i mean i do but not (laughs) on you i take it back in my head and i was just like really angry and then maybe being in pain also added to that it was not good, Suze. It was not good. No, I feel terrible for you. And I think that your experience is a common one. I know when I go to the doctor, I, I feel like the interaction is fraught and that there is, um, it's just uncomfortable. And there's like this dance that we all do yeah. where we're trying to get them to believe us about yes. whatever it is that we've come in for. And I think this is especially bad for people of color. Yeah. And women, and it makes me crazy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh my gosh. You, Ren was just telling me a story the other night about when he got his wisdom teeth pulled. They didn't even put, he had impacted, his teeth were impacted and they didn't even put him under all the way. They just gave him local And then he told them the whole time, like, oh my, it's hurting. Like, it's really hurting. Oh, God. And the doctor was acted frustrated that that Ren was inconveniencing him and was like, oh, well, I get like, like Ren was lying about it. And see, that's what I I mean. Was he a white guy? And he's like, yes. Yeah. Right. You shouldn't have to feel like that. You want to be believed, especially about your own freaking body. Right. Oh, God. That makes me crazy. Right. So, and then yeah. people tend to not go because they don't want to experience that. And then it has negative health effects on women and people of color and it makes me mad. Yes. So mad. <laughs> so oh. we're just mad about it. That's all. Just so mad about it. Yeah. I'm fired and up. And now you're in a back brace. And now I'm in a back brace and it looks apart. hilarious and funny, but you know, it's what not. What is it? Is it like well, one no, of those it's, um, it's like, changers things? No, it's, oh, it's, actually that would probably help right now. I should do that. Yeah. But, um. Because it's higher in my back and it's really like that, the bad posture that also I'm sure like staring down at my phone for like the last four months has not helped at all. (laughs) Four months. Like that's like the only movement I've done. Like, and so, yeah. And I'm probably going to have one of those like hunchbacks. So I just got one of those little um, uh, like posture helpers, you know, to like pull your shoulders back. And it's, it's not like it, you you have to do the work. I mean, it's not like holding me up and everything, but it like keeps your shoulders back. (laughs) And I'm hoping that, like, I don't know, it, it gets my posture. I don't know. I'm just trying everything I can besides going to a freaking chiropractor because forget that. Plus, that is terrifying. Have you been to the chiropractor before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get – I'm so scared every time they go. I feel like they're going to paralyze me. And then when <laughs> I have to sign something before I get, like, the treatment done that says they could par- p- potentially paralyze yeah, me. possible. I'm like, I don't – this is th- – <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to roll the dice with the neck pain. Yeah, I worked for a chiropractor for a long time oh. um, when I was going to college. And I one thing that bothered me is how no matter what who came in and what they said they were dealing with, 
the doctor said he could help them. Like it would have made like made me feel better if occasionally he was like, you know what? I don't think I'm the right person for you. Yeah. Maybe you need to try this other thing. Because right. it makes me suspicious when it's like, no matter what, they will take on the uh, problem. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. But I do love my <sighs> chiropractor. And oh, you got it, a good it, one. Yeah, well, in Pittsburgh, oh, pfft, me. not out not here. Me. And I every time I'm in Pittsburgh, I go because once you find a good one, then yeah. it's great. Well, but that's hard. If you live in Los Angeles and know a good chiropractor, are yeah. a good chiropractor? <laughs> tell us, please. For goodness' sakes, tell me. But I did learn some uh, uh, an interesting fact, kind of related to physical fitness and walking and things like that. That uh, yeah. I thought was so. Oh, I love learning things like this. So you know how we have like the the ten thousand hours quote unquote yes. rule. You know they mm-hmm. said, and then we we've now since like you know learned that that's like kind of like nuanced and and there's it's not just like ten thousand <laughs> yeah, hours. There's more and to you the can, story. There's there. a little more there, and yeah. um, so this uh, 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 epidemiologist who works at Harvard was were. Uh, uh, at you know, people at his job said, "Hey, we're going to have like a fitness competition, and so whoever uh, accumulates the most steps wins." And so they had like you know they they wanted to try to reach ten thousand steps a day because like that's like the goal. So this guy okay. was like, mm, "Wait a sec, like okay, everybody's doing this ten thousand steps things. You know, I'm going to like find out what why where does that number actually come from, and is ten thousand steps like what we should be aiming yeah. for?" This I was like, "Oh my god." Are you freaking kidding me? So here's where we got this number. In 1965, there was a Japanese company that uh, came out with a personal like pedometer, like a foot pedometer that was like the first one of the first ones that measured your steps. And it was called Manpokai, which means 10,000 steps meter. And mm-hmm. this is why they chose that name, because the Japanese character for 10,000 looks kind of like a person running which is okay. likely how they landed on the name and the number. So they came up with the name, which is just like, let's pick the name that looks like the character for the person running. And then yeah. they were like, oh, that's an easy goal to remember, especially when it's accompanied by the sketch of a person who's like literally walking. But the benchmark itself was never based on any scientific data, no research, no nothing. That's just like the picture looks good. That sounds what? like it has a nice ring. Let's do that. In fact, there are some studies that showed that there, it, there are problems after a certain amount of steps that in older women, like anything greater than four, if at 4,000 steps or anything more than 4,000 steps, the chance of falling and death by falling like goes way up. What? So it's 10,000 steps would, would increase the risk of death in older women. Dang. Yeah. So it's interesting when Wonder we get stuck up women. on all of this, like, well, because of osteoporosis and the bone density, w- women tend to be more prone to osteoporosis. Dysbulges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Susie. I'm just joking. You're probably right, though. Oh. Well, we do <laughs> have more stress, I feel like. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But isn't wow. that interesting that that benchmark was based on, like, zero science, nothing? I wonder what the science does say is the optimal number, though. Oh, that's a good because I would imagine that it's about like your your. Please be zero. Please be zero. <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking. I mean, your chance of falling <laughs> right, definitely good, or or <laughs> you know, no chance of falling. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. But yeah, so I would I would I would imagine it's something to do with like how many calories, you know. It's all about like, fuck, I don't know. My little thing tells me how many calories I burned and I don't know what the hell it's based on because I swear to God, there's sometimes where I put this thing on and I, I tell it, I'm like, I just went for a, a run and then I look at the exercise ring and I'm like, 10 minutes. I was just running for a half hour. What the heck? What? What, what do you think I'm doing during that extra 20 minutes? So I don't know what, what See, it I is. I don't that. know if it's feet, if it's footsteps. I don't know. I, it's one of those things that I know I don't know. So, you know. Well, we definitely do know, however, how great Stamps.com is. Yes, I do. Oh, I've been doing so much Stamps.com shipping lately. Me too. What's the deal? we can't Hmm. leave our house. This could be it. 
was shipping this really big package of like um, podcast equipment. And I, for the first time, I was putting in the information and, um, you know, it said the price for U.S. Postal Service. And then this was the first time where when I put the info in, it an alert popped up and it was like, if you switch to UPS, it'll be significantly cheaper. And so I did. Ooh. And I saved like 30 bucks. Whoa. Yeah. Because you know how they added UPS yes. services. Now it will tell you which service oh is better for gosh. you, which is freaking great. I don't have um, to go two places now. I know it's really, really convenient. I so even know that. the way stamps.com works is that you can print out postage for any letter or package right from your office or your house, wherever you are, any class of mail, no matter where you want to send it. And then you get discounts like five cents off every first class stamp, 62% off shipping rates for some things. And it's just a great no brainer because you save time and money. And right now our listeners get a special offer that includes four week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in brain candy. That's stamps.com. Enter brain candy. Stay safe, my friends. Yes. There you go. Um, <clears throat> um, so Suze, I wanted to share one thing with you that I saw on, that was trending on Twitter the other day. Um, did you ever see the movie or read the book Into the Wild? Yes, I saw that. Uh, did you see they took the bus out? Yes. What I'm do you so think about sad it? about it. Well, if you didn't see the movie or read the book, Into the Wild was about this like sort of white upper middle class fella who was kind of rejecting the prescribed life choices that everyone's supposed to make. You go to college, you get married, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he went on this sort of soul-searching adventure. Is that how you remember it? Yes. You are perfectly describing it and it like bringing this story to a life in a way that I never even (laughs) thought it would come. So I'm like living for this. I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) Tell that story, Susie. I'm loving this. I was listening to a different podcast and I felt like it was all inside conversations and I needed more background and I thought, I don't want to be like that. Oh, you're, but you're even like helping me in my memory of it too. I love this. So he ended up in the Alaskan wilderness, like properly off the grid Mm -hmm. and ended up, was the bus already there? Yes. The bus was already there. Yes. And he sort of took up residence in it. And then, um, you know, ended up to his own demise, uh, mm-hmm. passing away due to food. Oh, actually, uh, not eating. What do you call it? Eating Mal- poisonous berries, I thought. Mal- malnutrition. Oh, yeah. Well, the Pro- article that I read about the bus, oh, yeah. maybe that was it. Maybe it Anyways, was like, so yeah. people were using this bus as a mecca of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was problematic. And people were and ended up, there was one woman who recently drowned on, trying to find it. And after that, they were like, mm, it's got to go. So they airlifted out the National Ar- Alaska Army National Guard Black Hawk helicopter, just lifted it up. And it, it seemed like that movie was like, I, I remember when I lived in England, I only had two movies, Into the <laughs> Wild yeah. and, uh, 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 oh my gosh, oh, what, Chicago. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, and so I just watched them over and over, and it was like Into the Wild. I had read the book, and I think it was one where my mom, when we were little, she would she would let, uh, uh, play books on tape for us. And so it was one that she had a book on tape played for us, and I just remember using my imagination to like really visualize, I mean, because you're like a kid, and this was like before tablets and all that stuff, so, you know, when we actually had to use our imaginations, and uh, <laughs> I remember just like, you know, thinking about this bus and thinking about like his trip there and him living in it and had like such a, a, a rich like memory of, like my own personal memory of this, and then when I saw the movie, mm-hmm. it was like what I watched for like freaking six months on repeat because that's all I had (laughs) yeah and then uh and so seeing it airlifted like made me made me like my heart hurt a little bit well whenever people would search for it what what were they trying to fulfill in themselves it seems ill-advised yeah but I think it's one of those like like the same way I want to or my um desire to hike the pacific crest trail like 
went through the roof after reading the book Wild, which was like inspirational and in helping me get the strength to say I like I would like a divorce. And so it had yeah. it has like a, a it represents something for me. So mm-hmm. I think for some people it was like I'm going they read that book and like maybe they had in that character from the book always reminded me of my brother Jordan who like was like you know kind of was like rejected mm-hmm. like the norm and was always right about it and so the guy in the book was like that too and yeah I they sort of must see the bus as a symbol of freedom and liberation yes. and not following society's you know yes. norms yes um but 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 he died in the I damn know. thing yeah but oh right i yeah. like that they were able to use like the military was using it as sort of a practice thing, so it didn't cost taxpayers anything extra to. Oh, have I didn't it even moved. know that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And I yeah, hope that it, it goes a- to like. I hope that it, they they put it on display or something where it like isn't yeah. just like thrown into a junkyard. I'm sure they will because they put it in storage and they're deciding what to do with oh, it. Oh, cool! So I'm sure they I like that. Just trash oh, it. good. That's good. You know that. Okay, but, yeah, I like I'm those sad details. That he. <sighs> died because it just seems like such a waste that such an interesting thinker and a bright man yeah. would die sort of needlessly you know right and that was like the whole thing is like what he survives all this time and he like lives through this that and the other and then he mm-hmm. dies because of like malnutrition or you know not getting enough food or wherever it was so yeah yeah but i the end of the story now yeah but it was uh it kind of perfectly lined up with another article that I came across on nostalgia. And I was like, oh, that's a real interesting for this time, like a thing to kind mm. of like explore for the time right now. Like, would you say that you are a nostalgic person? Yes. I would say absolutely, definitely yeah. you are too. What do you feel like yeah. you get most nostalgic like for or about or like what really like does it for you? Or is it different at different times? I well, I mean, just looking at the shows I enjoy watching as an escape, they're all sitcoms and stuff from the eighties. I love watching um even late night clips from the sixties, seventies, and eighties. I wasn't even alive in the sixties, obviously, or the seventies. It. <gasps> it makes me feel I don't know, connected to early American sort of pop culture, which I am interested in. Oh. But I was telling Adam um, you know, I was reading an article about the way that artificial intelligence and the bots on social media have yeah. really, uh, I mean, affected us all in huge ways through politics and disinformation campaigns and stuff like that. And I said, I used to feel like technology was worth it, that, mm. you know, all mm-hmm. the bad was far mm-hmm. outweighed by the benefits. I don't feel like that anymore. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Because I, that's especially big, with like that's, racism. Yeah, I think, oh my gosh. We're moving backwards. And yeah. Oh gosh. I feel sad. What do you think? Damn. Because it's like one of those, can you, you can't have one without the other. Like I almost want to pick and choose the categories, you know, because yeah. I think about um, what it, the, the revolution will be televised kind of mentality yeah. of like the, being able to see things, I think really, uh, 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 and having, um, you know, a phone with the video capabilities like right there in your hand has really... Yeah, like, like how Will Smith was like, racism isn't yes. coming back, it's just being recorded. Absolutely. So yeah. I think in the ways that we can like spread knowledge and information and educate people and, you know, uh, uh, shine a light but on But then you have all the liars. Things, who use Abs- it as a oh, weapon God. to absolutely disorient people oh. and take advantage oh. of people like my mom who oh, don't know how to vet sources. Yes. Oh my God. And it really does. I didn't even think about that, that it's like you can use it for good or evil. As right. Everything. Just ask Putin. Oh my God. Yeah. It's really, so maybe I'm with you, but then it like, yeah, who knows? But there's no turning back. So you have to figure out how to. Yeah. yeah. You know, I always it. remember what you said about the um uh uh the schools up in like Silicon Valley and like uh you know, Bill Gates kids and things like that. And yeah. how they all use chalkboards and have flip phones or no phones at all. 
Yeah. I'm like, that is, like, not the worst idea. And yeah. I feel like they're, like, that's kind of hint, hint, you know, maybe we should return to some of those older times, you know? Yeah, like, if you want to create that, you're going to have to do it for just yourself and, yeah. you know, be real committed to it. And create, yeah, some really good boundaries. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So in this article that I was reading about nostalgia, it's kind of like what your thought, your take on technology is of like, well, or my take, you want the good, like mm-hmm. there's good and bad to it. So one of the things about people who are more nostalgic, there was a study that was done that said people who are more uh, prone to nostalgia generally are more likely to socialize, feel more empathy, and find life more meaningful. That's lovely, right? Yeah. Yes. And this one I thought was super cool that lower temperatures, like, so it said that nostalgia helps kind of like ease these feelings of discomfort and pain we may have. And yeah, that in for sure. lower temperatures make us more nostalgic and that nostalgia makes us feel toasty and warmer, like even when Aww. we're at like physically colder. And it's like kind of like this little bit of like magical thinking, so to speak, that helps preserve us in situations when we may feel hopeless. Yeah, I Isn't get it. Sweet? 100%. The, yeah. the saddest moments of my life I put on Cheers. Oh, yeah, I put on Toy Story. Right. That's I didn't even think about that. Yes. And they're saying like the if it's almost like your brain remembers the warmth of home. (laughs) And so it tricks you into feeling a little less freezing. And like it's like a a a, um what are they called? Evolutionary like advantage to be nostalgic. Mm But the, but this was crazy to me because the article I read started with the history of nostalgia and like where that term comes from and how it's kind of evolved or our, our thinking of mm-hmm. what it means has evolved. So the term itself was coined in uh, 1688 when this medical researcher uh, or doctor, I guess, was doing his research on uh, homesickness that was felt by people. Swiss soldiers who were off fighting in different countries. And he created the word from the words uh, nostos, which means homecoming, and algos, which is pain. So it's like the fe- mm. the pain of thinking about home. And this was so, right? It's like heartbreaking. And this was yeah. so severe back then that like in the 19th century, doctors even debated whether nostalgia was actually a disease on its own because oh it exacerbated other symptoms so much. And it was shown to cause irregular heartbeat, fever, and in rare cases, even death. Wait, the nostalgia? Yes, like in the in a thinking, a reminiscing about the past. And so why mm. that happens, this is crazy. So it it this is kind of like there's good and like one of those it it's great, but only to a certain you can't live your life in the past. Like you can't like sit down and just watch cheers and pretend like you'd want to be there for forever kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And so it says that with nostalgia, what we do with our our memory of the past is we have this idealization of it where the bad and boring bits are like erased from our memory and only the peak and only like the best of the experiences are left and like there's you know the people say like oh the past is uh, always well remembered and so these they were saying these researchers were saying that if that 
an overindulging in nostalgia can create this kind of like utopia in our mind that never existed mm-hmm. and can never exist. And But it's what we want to pursue at all costs. And it tends to suck the joy out of and potential from the present. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of this like longing for longing or a desire for desire that we all have. Hmm. And like... Wow. Yeah. And kind of maybe like... Being able to balance that with finding joy in the present, but also maybe using nostalgia for, because I can see that, like, even with myself of like getting into this, like, I almost like when you like, I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before of like, um, when we were talking about the guy who drilled the hole into his brain because he wanted yeah. to feel good, like he w- did when he was a kid. Yeah. That's like being nostalgic of when you were a little kid. And like, I've definitely been there. Of like, I remember when it was so good when I was little. And blah, yeah. blah. and you can get yourself into like this hole. Well, I guess as with anything, you have to be discerning about how you're participating. So mm-hmm. you should allow it to complement your life, but not mm. stunt your growth, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Yeah. And it's kind of looking like they, because the memories of the past do make life more meaningful. But if you are constantly like comparing it to the past or seeking to match, you know, or, or kind of like using the past as the bar, then the present will never meet that because we only pick out, pick and choose like the yeah. good parts. We're like setting well, ourselves that's up for the failure. Because let me tell you, I have never been more aware of how friggin' white all the shows I watched. Oh my gosh. Like, you're telling me, Suze, tell me about it. I mean, there is not a, I mean, there may be two people at Cheers that were black ever. I mean, every (laughs) single thing I watch, I'm watching with a more discerning eye. I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. It (sighs) it sucks. Yeah. Even like Will and Grace. I mean, recent ones, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's just how it is. And so that's that's the part that you have to be aware of. Like, yes, you can be soothed by it, but also see the problems with it. I mean, freaking Sam yeah. Malone would be me too'd by now. You know, like that show could <laughs> oh, be on the for air. for sure. Nobody would be working at the Cheers bar for like a million different <laughs> they, reasons. They went bankrupt, yeah. You, I guarantee you none of them would wear a mask. All the settlements, right? <laughs> God, that is so funny. I mean, so not funny, but you know, yeah, one like of the things. Come yeah, aware. yeah. One of the things that I did want to share with you because I know that you know it's a kind of a subject we often talk about, like Alzheimer's on here, since you know that's like your biggest fear, and also mine too. <laughs> um, besides being buried alive, um, right. you're right that uh, nostalgia is one of the things that's the most helpful with. Work like work in uh, Alzheimer's and it helps yes. people the most. And there's even a that. a cor- a chorus for people who have dementia in New York City. And the mm. whole chorus just they they'll play like old timey music, and it's so cute. Everybody just starts singing along to what they remember because it's no. like they can't they and they said that people who like struggle with regular speech all start to sing along. Oh, that's nice. Right? It gives me like goosebumps on my arm because it's so sweet. That like they're all, and like they said, one of their favorites is Old Man River. (laughs) That's great. Well, whenever you have Alzheimer's, I would have thought, you know how they tend to remember long-term stuff? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like from their childhood and stuff. Why is it that they wouldn't remember lyrics though? Because that seems like it would go long-term. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like they would all sing different Oh, no, no. They would all sing the same, like they would all sing and that they would like, you know, they're not telling them. They don't like hand out. If you were to (laughs) tell them like, please sing this song, they they wouldn't be able to recall it and like just start singing. But if you start playing it. That's so they, cute. It'll start going. It triggers their memory, and they'll be they're like, "Oh, I remember this," and they start singing along. Some of them, I'm I sure, don't even remember they're in the chorus. But, that right? is adorable, isn't that? And so there are all kinds of these new what they're calling reminiscent therapies that are popping yes. up, and I it's really cute. This one, like, oh my gosh, so sweet. There's uh, the George G. Glenner Alzheimer Family Center that opened in London, and what they it was it London? Uh, maybe it was in America because. What they did, yeah, it must be in America. They, it's an adult daycare facility designed to look like a small town in the 1950s. And they call it Look Back Town Square. And mm. they, it helps them, like, 
reconnect with memories of the past because it looks like what they remember. That's really cool. Yeah, I think that's really sweet. They're really making some progress in the research and stuff for the treatment for those folks. Oh, yeah. And thank goodness, because that is something that you do not want to endure, no. whether it's you or your family member. No. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Like, did anybody in your family struggle with that? Yeah, I had um, one grandparent, or two actually, that did, but they <clears throat> sort of, it was uh, later, much later in life. I think the real trouble is when, you know, it starts earlier oh, than it ought yeah. to. Yeah. And then it stays so long, and but they're not really right. engaged in the traditional way. It's just painful. Yeah. For everybody. Oh, God. Yeah, we definitely need research on that. Um, I keep telling my mom, like, she needs to, because if you don't use it, you lose it. And some people aren't great about exercising their mind. Didn't we talk about this on another episode where there's something that kind of like scrubs the the plaque off of the brain? Oh, I hope so. I need that. Yeah. (laughs) Can't even remember what that is. So I don't know. Looks like it's already setting in for me. Who knows? What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Would you like to hear about uh, ancient trash that gives us a peek into civilizations? <laughs> or would you like to hear about why ADHD is gendered in women? Or Ooh. about scientific inventions that were one and done and we never had to change? No, the first one. Oh, good. That's what I was the hoping trash. you would pick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> the so old trash. This is, yeah, right? This is cool. This is a good one. Oh, speaking of speaking of funny stories and subjects that we talk about, this is totally an aside, but I had to share this with you. Um, I called these are like updates that I meant to say at the beginning of the episode and totally okay. forgot. One um, that I just remembered: we had a brain candy brainiac who told me that her husband was went on that quest to search for the million dollar treasure. What? And that he did, unfortunately did not find it, and she was totally bummed. Well, I had a brainiac write and say there is now on Reddit a conspiracy theory that the author never hid the thing. Because remember how they never said where it ended up being found? Right. He just and like the person who found it wanted to be anonymous. Mm. And so there's this theory that, that nothing had ever been hidden. <gasps> the author was lying. <gasps> And, and he got us all yeah. talking about his poem and yeah, he got it popularized. Which is kind of brilliant. It is brilliant. <laughs> so I so, think maybe that could be true. But go Oh, good one. So there was update number one. Uh, <laughs> number two, my mom and I talked on the phone yesterday and she was like, I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts and I got to say, like, I love you guys, but man, are your poo stories disgusting. She was like, you, you know what? <laughs> Such is life, man. Yeah, I was laughing about that. I was like... Those are our best, our greatest hits, mom. You can't, like, this isn't, you get to, uh, and then I was like, don't tell me how to produce my show. And I didn't tell her that. Greatest hits. Right? I was like, that, but those are our number ones. (laughs) (laughs) And it just makes me laugh every single time. time, So I had to share that my mom was like, I was like, I hope you guys, the rest of you aren't offended. So I switched it up from poo stories to trash stories today. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah, multiple forms of, multiple kinds of trash stories for you. Mm -hmm. So I found this article. It was in, oh, what the heck magazine? Scientific, Popular Science. And this is cool. It was talking about how human legacy lies in our garbage and how these- Yes, I love it. Right? And I really am curious about what people have in their trash. Absolutely. It's like, what do you keep in your trunk, but like- Better. Better. I told you one of my favorite favorite things ever on Howard Stern's show was when they had a garbage man on. (gasps) And Howard was like telling, like saying, what do you find in the rich neighborhoods? What do you find in like the Puerto Rican neighborhoods? Whatever. Tell me, tell me. Which ones do you remember? Well, it's just like this sociological study really because you're right. The garbage does tell a lot about a person's life. 
so and much. And so, you know, it's going to be different types of food and different types of groceries and different types of um, clothes or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's I so love it. It's so fun. It yeah. really is. Okay. So this is like archaeologists also care about this. So they, they I'm, I'm going to take you on a journey from past to present of different. Uh, um, love it. Yes. I'm psyched. So in Egypt, uh, this comes from a second century BC, sixth to the sixth century mm-hmm. CE. Um, it's a dump site outside of a city in Egypt, and they have 500,000 preserved pieces of trash fragments that include... Oh, so cool. Right? That include receipts, tax forms, I love this one, horoscopes, and <laughs> forgotten works of Sappho and Sophocles. And it showed that it, like... Talked or gave light to um, you know what residents owned, kind of as you were saying, who they married, and what mm. the sexiest novels of the time were. <gasps> that yeah. is great. Like that sounds like a cool ass place. Like I want to be in Egypt in second century BC. Yeah, can you imagine what they had cooking? Yeah, uh, horoscopes. I mean, I'm like super witchy stuff for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Um, so then fun. we go to Israel, um, and the Byzantine landfills were the final resting place for a lot of ashes and shells and ceramic shards and olive pits and wine jars. And uh, it was shown that this exact, like this site, existed at, at the same time period as this mini ice age, which I didn't even know we freaking had mini ice age, where like yeah, there right. were like people around, and then we had an ice age, and then they like lived through it. So oh, hey, that's new. Yeah. Right. Um, this one, this one is like now we start getting to the 18th century. Like oh, that was the fifth century, and mm-hmm. now we start getting a little more modern because. You know, as soon as we like start making stuff, then we start having more and more trash. So in New England in the 18th century on colonial farmsteads, like also this is really interesting when I read this. These guys at their house had no real like formal system for trash. They just threw everything out the windows. So, (laughs) yeah, right. Archaeologists discovered that that all of the trash would be around like in a perfect circle, like around the property. That would be strewn with, like, bottles and snapped pipes and cracked, like, uh, uh, pottery and things like that. And the one thing that the waste did show is it hinted at their frugality because everything that was tossed out was absolutely irreplaceably or irreparably broken. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. The reason why they could put it outside their window is because there was almost none. Yeah, and, you Good know, point. it just wasn't a big deal. But now we could never do that because we rely so much on consumerism and plastics and yes. single-use everything, oh. which I hate. Right. Well, wait till I get so. to the worldwide 21st Damn. century one. So depressing. So I, but I think about like, so Egypt had a basically like a dump site. They had almost in a way a more organized yeah, right. civilization, system. like, yeah, mm-hmm. system where like, here's our very specific dump site. And, you know, we were like, yeah, throw it out the window. But, um, okay, so old England, 19th century. This is when the Industrial Revolution, like, uh, Mm -hmm. like right after the Industrial Revolution. And so this is when waste became a thing. And Victorian manners were when we started to see the first use of single glass bottles and metal containers. And there was a bunch of litter in this particular place, this Victorian manor that they were looking in, where they found disembodied heads of popular porcelain dolls. That's some creepy ass trash. (laughs) That's ideal. But it's like, it's so uh, appropriate for that era. Where it was kind of like, oh my gosh, now we can create all these things and we have like the tools to do it. And we went to like an extreme and they're yeah, like, just because we can, we will. It. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then that's followed up with, you know, United States in the 20th century. And the problem that we come into is plastics and the arrival of plastics, which is like seen as like, oh, this is so wonderful. And so all the trash that is left over during like, you know, the time when plastic is like every single thing all of a sudden switched over to be made in plastic. And since we've used and discarded more than 8 billion metric tons of plastic since 1946. Makes me sad. What? 8 billion? Okay, and if that number didn't, like, shock you, this is freaking per year. So this is worldwide now in the 20th century looking at our trash. 
Okay. We toss more than 40 million tons of just cracked phones and other <laughs> e-waste a year. Phone. A year. Uh, 40 million tons. And so they're sending all these, like, a lot of this gets shipped off to developing countries, and then the workers there strip it all down, and they use all the parts, but then they, like, chuck the rest, and then now there's, like, mountains of these, like, toxic chemicals, metal scraps, and petrified plastics. See, a lot of the zero-waste accounts that I follow talk about that, how we need to hold companies accountable, whether it's McDonald's or Coca-Cola or whoever, that, yes, we're the consumer, but they are the producer, and they need to be held accountable. Yeah, they're Um, absolutely, because, like, we can only do so much. And mm-hmm. that's like really what I'm learning with a lot of like recycling. Yeah, exactly. Everything is systemic. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. Susie, that is so true. If that isn't true for everything right now. That's why I said on previous episodes that, yes, we should all do what we can. Yeah. But really, it ought to be a systemic change rather than just sort of me using less paper, fewer paper towels or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's got to be both because right. as it stands, they can do whatever they want. And I'm just over here trying to like, oh my God. right. Do what little I can. Right. So this is, this is one, uh, a list that I found a while back and I was going to share with you, but now it just perfectly ties in with what we were talking about. And that's a, uh, 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 nine things that you think are environmentally friendly, but totally are not. Oh, man. I know. I hate to, like, depress you. But this is a really good one because hopefully what this does is it makes it so that you can put – or what it did for me, I should say, is it's making me put my energy into the right things and not things that are not – Yeah. Knowledge power. Yeah. It's like why waste my time with some of these things when I can, like, I don't know, uh, uh, find out who's – like lobbying against some of these for like for more regulations and and things like that for yeah to fix the system blah 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 so number one on their list i am totally i will admit i'm guilty of pretty much every single one of these so for somebody (laughs) who was like so like all about loving recycling like so much so that i wrote about it in my second grade book like why don't people just recycle? Um, I, I am so guilty of all of these. And so I'm trying to do better and I'm going to share these with you. So number okay. one, recycling something, quote unquote, just in case. They call it aspirational recycling. This, I have totally done this. Oh, where you don't know, so you just throw it in the bin? Yes. Okay. Yes. It It is one of the like most uh, 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 like counterproductive or like does the... Yeah works against the because it it makes it so people have to do so much more work and then then the recite it's about it says that the contamination rates for like recite waste or uh uh, recycling centers is about 25 percent so basically you're like giving more work to the recycling centers who then have to still deal with your trash and here you are trying to be like oh my gosh i'm gonna throw this in the recycling and so there's a whole bunch of offenders that like or common culprits like paper cups um, that you get from a coffee shop Um, because the the paper itself is, um, uh, 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 you know, recyclable, but there's a plant-based lining that makes it super hard to separate from the paper. So you can't do that. Paper towels. Oh my gosh, the amount of paper towels I've thrown in the recycling just because it's like, oh, what else? Can't do that. Um, Styrofoam glass from things like windows or mirrors and plastic bags and greasy pizza pizza boxes and really anything that's covered in food. So I've been trying to like rinse out because I know at least the glass where like that feels like recycling and I know that that's good. So, you know. Yeah. Part of the problem too, though, is that there's no uniformity um, nationwide. So it's regional and it depends on who your recycling company is. So if you go on your company's website, it will tell you and you can look on the bottom of your jars and stuff and see what number it's, uh, they code it by number. So it'll, um, tell you, we accept these numbers, et cetera. But I mean, you have to do the work and people are lazy and busy and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The number two one that was, they, they were like, please stop doing this. And it's putting plastic bags in any single stream recycling bin. So... You cannot put everybody, well, not everybody, but some people, like I have done in the past, put like a liner in the recycling bin and then you then throw that away. But you cannot use plastic bags because it clogs up the machine and like the soft plastic clogs the machine that like recycles everything and it's needed to sort it. And I mean, the only places that you can really recycle those are like right outside the door at grocery stores and things like that. But Yeah, those are all trash. And so I always, I learned that at your house because your house did not have the liner. And I was like, oh, maybe I should replace that. And then I don't know if you said something or Adam said something. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then that kind of forces you to rinse them out too. Yeah, you got to wash them. Yeah, you got to wash them. Right? Mm-hmm. That's so, the thing. And some of the other ones, using tote bags, that one. Yeah. Okay, okay get ready for this. So okay. the amount of times that you would have to use a tote bag for it to yeah. become, um, uh, right. uh, uh, you know, like do more. Sustainable. Sustainable. Mm-hmm. Paper bags and plastic bags. Uh, paper bags and plastic-based reusable tote bags require between 35 and 84 reuses. And okay. a cotton tote has to be used 7,100 times. Oof. And organic cotton, 20,000 times. Oh, fuck. If you used your organic cotton bag twice a week for the rest of your life, it'd be worth it after 192 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they say the worst thing is buying another one. Oh, my God. Right? So, like, organic cotton it is, like, really, really high on the list where we feel like, oh, well, we would love to buy organic cotton. But when you buy organic cotton, it takes up 20 times more. It's 20 times more. Oh my God, no, 20,000, excuse me, 20,000 times more research, resource hungry. Holy Can you believe that? Yeah. No. It's because it takes way more space. Conventional cotton is genetically engineered to resist a bunch of like these, you know, pests and worms and all this stuff. And so organic cotton, it takes between like 60 and 100% more like space. It takes tons and tons of space and, you know, they have to be like all chemically like all the borders and everything that are around the thing have to be chemical free and all that stuff to be able to say that. So because of the space it takes up and the water and everything, 20,000 friggin' times you'd have to use that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good information. Right. So like, don't even worry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. A lot of the other things like six, seven and eight or something like some of those numbers were just buying more sustainable versions of things you already had. So Absolutely. like that's a big one where we're like, oh, well, this thing is more sustainable. So let me replace my old thing that's not broken with that. Like I'm trying to do my best to be more like the, uh, 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 what, what were they? You're the New England uh, uh, trash people who just threw everything outside of their house because oh, they yeah. used yeah, everything the colonial up. People. Yes, the colonial <laughs> people. I'm trying to be more like those guys who used everything up and like sew things. Like I turned an old blanket into a dog bed. I'm halfway done. My sewing needle broke, but that's another story. This one account that I follow is called Waste Free Planet. And she just did a post about that, how, you know, rather than replacing, for example, because she asked what we were doing in this vein. And I said, what I, I have this old laundry basket, it's plastic Mm -hmm. and it's taped together with duct tape. (laughs) And I'm not getting a new one, like a more sustainable basket Mm -hmm. because it's like, no, I already have this. I'm just going to use it until it dies. And that's better for the earth than if I'm like, I want a bamboo one because that's more sustainable. Well, not really because you're still buying something new. I'm going to use this thing till it collapses. Yes. And so that's okay. She's like, whatever you already have, just use it till it dies. But when you do have to replace it, then you can go bamboo or whatever. Yes. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. This other one on the list that I that totally shocked me that's like kind of like that where you think oh, okay I'm doing the right thing taking ride shares 
Okay. That one was one that totally surprised me. And the reason why is like people tend to think ride shares are like almost on par with public transit, but the truth is they're not because they're even worse than taking a personal vehicle because in between fares, they roam around. And that means the yeah. total number of miles that your trip takes is more than just the miles of distance that you would have traveled. So they're saying just drive yourself if you're going to do that? It's not. I mean, it may save you in gas money and in time or things like that, yeah. but it's not better for the environment because the person who's driving you from point to point is then driving that car around, you know, mm-hmm. wait, like waiting to pick somebody up, which is contributing to that carbon footprint. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, 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 other things, the last two, uh, assuming anything vegan, organic, or local or non-GMO is environmentally innocent, and we kind of learned yeah. that with the cotton. So just mm-hmm. because it's like not a twofer, you know, just because it's in that green packaging that they put it in <laughs> and they throw the word like yeah, organic they- on it. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, or the local. zero waste movement, they call that greenwashing. Where greenwashing. Like they create yes. the illusion that it's good for the earth when it's not. Yes. And then the but it uh, takes la- a lot yeah. of work to learn yes, all this. And absolutely. people are busy. For sure. When I was in Yosemite uh, camping, there was a... Uh, a person, I think we talked about this on the on the show too. There was a person whose job it was to stand outside of the recycling bin and direct people like where to throw their stuff. And then they they had the person doing that one day, and then the next day they had somebody uh, uh, taking a survey and asking about like recycling habits of people. And I was like, oh, maybe that's where this information came from. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they were doing that in Yosemite to try to last year at least to try to. Uh, uh, maybe help people be more... Um, well, and that's another reason why following those accounts is so great because yes. you're already scrolling anyway. Yes. So just follow stuff where you can get some info that's helpful. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, for real. And the last one on the list that is another one that I forget, and that's putting um, compostable or biodegradable stuff in the landfill, not the compost bin. So like all yeah. the, we have an upsurge of restaurants that are making like the switch to these compostable or biodegradable bowls and like you know serveware and all that kind of stuff but we're still throwing them in the wrong like we're not putting them in a compost mm-hmm. we're putting them in the trash <laughs> right, and then they just right, end right. up at the landfill I so. think it was sweet greens that was they found that 90% of the bowls <laughs> and stuff are still just going in the garbage anyway. Oh my gosh yeah Yeah Oh, but that. the e- the EPA estimates that most composting households t- send twenty eight percent less trash to the curb than non composting households. So once I have a house where I could That's do that, I will totally yeah. be a composter. My yeah. grandma was. Yeah, it's very satisfying, and yeah. if you have the space and stuff, it's great. Yeah, I remember she'd always be like, "Take this to the compost." We have to Good walk it her. to the special She's one. Ahead of her time. She sure. Was oh my gosh! My aunt was over the other day, and she we were talking about my grandma, and she we were talking about how much we love Obama and how much my grandma loved Obama, mm-hmm. and she loved. And we were talking about, uh, 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 you know, just everything that she did. She like wrote them letters, and by them I mean like Michelle and Barack, because she was like <laughs> I guess so uh, nice. on like a You're personal kidding. level. It gets better. You know what she sent them one year? A what? sweet potato pie in the mail. She didn't. She did. My grandma, and she was like, I hope it just makes it through. And my grandma, I don't know who ended up eating it, but she said that she thinks that they never got it because they would have wrote her a thank you note, and they never did. So, because they would be nice enough to write thank you notes. And isn't that cute? She sent a a sweet potato pie to the White House for the Obamas. When I worked on Capitol Hill, I had to read all the constituent mail and stuff, and Mm. people sent crap all the time. And like really big stuff, like this one dude, handmade, he must have been a carpenter, he made a kneeling altar thing. Oh my God. You know, like you would have at church to kneel at certain times and it was like custom made and I think it's so nice, but I just can't believe people have time and inclination to do that. And the assumption that that person has the space. You know, I remember like I, anytime, like I've given, I give people things for their house. I'm always like, oh, you know, but like only if you have room, like, right. <laughs> you know, oh my God. It's like, it's so here nice, you go. Though. Put this. Yeah. Yeah. That is sweet. But, and she was, I hope that somewhere, some secret service agent like ate a delicious 
because she like researched where his favorite one was or probably just knew it from like reading some book about him and uh oh my god yeah cute. and then and then sent him uh a sweet potato pie and i could go for a sweet so. potato pie right now. i know now that i'm saying it oh my gosh yeah. and remember how good ren is at baking them so yeah um, how can i convince him to make me a sweet potato pie yeah. tell him yep. you're having a craving yep or i'll be like hey we're doing the entire holidays of the year in reverse and since <laughs> i just threw you christmas time to celebrate thanksgiving yeah. and let's start planning our, our halloween costumes and then See we'll like meet genius. in the middle and then go and do it around again in the right direction. <laughs> I love this idea. idea. Well, Aww. I love the idea of people leaving us a five-star review and telling yes. a friend. Yes. And tagging us on yes. social. We love you guys. Yes. We'll see you next yes. time.